The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who wants a previous version of their husband back. But before we mm. begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Um, so please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right. So it's the top of the week. So we're going to do a check-in topic. And today's check-in topic is inspired by a letter who is... Uh, that is written by therapy enthusiast, whose pronouns are they, them, who is writing to us from an anxious bubble. And I'm going to paraphrase the letter. Essentially, it's asking us, how do you break up with your therapist? This letter writer has been seeing their therapist um, since the early 2021. Um, and their therapist is great and has helped them a lot. Um, and they're very accessible. But... They're interested in looking for a different perspective, a different um, professional. And for this decision, it has a lot to do with identity. The letter writer is a queer, they, them of color, and their current therapist is a straight, cis, older white woman, and they don't have a lot of overlap in identity. And in general, she has been great, the therapist, but they're just at a point where they're ready to 
break up <laughs> and move on and see what else is sure, out sure. there. Um, but they're also struggling with like feelings that are comparable to a relationship where you feel like, you know, I've been digging in this well first and while, you know, I, maybe I've found all the water that is in this well, or mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. there's a different well slash perspective that would help me a little bit more or be a better fit. But it's awkward, you know, um, the letter writer acknowledges that I know this is their job and that therapists get broken up with all the time. And also it's like, oh, nervous, <laughs> awkward. Um, and also the prospects of finding a new therapist are, you know, are overwhelming and, and nerve wracking. So just Seriously. general conversation about how to break up with your therapist and, <laughs> and when to and why. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, I'm going to lean on you, Sam, because, like, I would probably ghost them, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I also am terrified of disappointing people and create conflict in my mind. Um, legit, legit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's the honest to God truth, and I really wish it wasn't. I mean, maybe now in, like, post-Just Breakup World, you know, after all the head and heart work I've done on this show, I would do something differently, but it would still probably be in an email and not. Not in person <laughs> which is a fine way to do it honestly yeah <laughs> is it i hope so yeah uh have you ever broken up with a therapist before or have you only just no. ghosted them <laughs> i've ghosted one therapist okay. uh, well the I ghosted one therapist. I only saw her for a couple months and it wasn't the right fit and whatever um another therapist i uh i i was seen right before my ectopic pregnancy um and so when that all happened, I emailed her and was like, I don't think I'm going to be around for a while. And then we just sort of like fell off and she sure. didn't write to check on or check in. So that was that. And now I'm seeing one that I love. So it's a <laughs> good true therapy love. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. what about you? I have broken up with a therapist before. Well, one of my therapists died. Remember when that happened? No, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> that is so, that is so sad. And you sprung it on me. You uh -huh. sprung it on me in an episode. It was a really, it was You're a like, very You're like, I want to dedicate this episode time. to my therapist who died out of the blue. This therapist you'd been seeing for like five years, seven right? Seven years. I think seven years oh is my how long God. I had been seeing her. Yeah, what a she died. terrible, I literally can't. I can't believe that happened to you the year it happened to you. Like oh, not that long after your dad died. Oh my God. No, absolutely. Anyway, absolutely. Uh, my therapist died the day before or the day of perhaps your Peter's your mom, mom went into the hospital to oh my God, never dude, come just... back out and uh, eventually pass there. So it was a very, it was a very intense time in my life. Um, and would like to just say that like, Feels like we're not through it totally, but like we are yes. in a different place in it, which is really nice. Yes. And as a reminder you, yes. to folks who are going through shit right now, like there yeah. is there is growth that happens. Uh, anyway, I know we're a little <laughs> off, top, off topic right now, but man, when she what a wonderful therapist and person she was when she passed, it was like a perfect moment for a trauma laugh because <laughs> seriously, I just couldn't believe in that year. Anyway. Remember the trauma Terrible. laugh? We were doing it a lot laugh. during we that time. We were doing it <laughs> a lot. 
Uh, anyway, back to the check-in topic. Uh, I have broken up with a therapist and it went super well. So I want to say that it's like probably not as scary as you think it is. And also like I thought it was very scary and then I did it and I was like, oh, this was like, of course this person responded in this did way you do because it in like person? they're a therapist. I did like not. A I very did it brave. over. I did okay. it over email. <laughs> no, I did not do it in person. Um, yeah. I felt, I felt like it didn't, that didn't need to happen. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. You know, it is a professional, a professional relationship. relationship. Yeah, they. Yeah. <laughs> he was not my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> and I think, like, I think one of the things that we can. Here's what I'll say: is that there have been times with my current therapist where I was like, I don't know if they're going to be able to handle this thing that I want to talk to them about. And what I have found is that, like, talking about my concerns about talking about it has actually been really helpful because they have continued to surprise me in their ability and willingness to talk about things that I didn't think that they would be equipped yeah. to. Um, and so like, I'm not saying like, I totally trust your experience uh, therapy enthusiast. And like, I totally also believe that this is not the person for you. And there might be something beneficial in actually saying to this person, like, Hey, I've got some concerns. Cause I want to talk about some of this stuff. And I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it or I don't know if it's like your expertise and like see how they respond to it. Like they may, they may surprise you. They may want to talk about it or talk about it in a way that's really insightful, but just to say that, right? Like that is also an option available to you. But the other thing is that, uh, that I'll say is that like therapists, like you said, get broken up with all the time. Right. And if, and my guess is, is that if this therapist really cares about you, which it seems like they do, like she wants to be there for you. She's helped you through all of this stuff. If she's not the right person for you, she's probably going to want you to find the right person for you because right. that's her job, right? That is her role in your life is not to be right. Again, like this is not a romantic relationship. Her goal is not to be your one and only, right? Her goal is for you to find the help and support that you need to get to the right thing. So hmm. I would encourage you to talk to this uh, talk about this with her, but if that doesn't feel available to you, then write her an email. And I think you can say all of the things that you have said to us in your letter, right? Where it's like, Hey, I've had a really great time with this, right? You've been so helpful in all of these different ways. And I've really appreciated all of the work that we've done together. And I think I'm looking for a different perspective. So I'm going to find a different therapist and thank you yeah. for your time. And like, I really appreciate everything that we've done together. Right. Yeah. And I did that with that therapist that I broke up with and he responded and was like, great. Can I refer you to someone? <laughs> right. Like that is like mm. that. Like he literally was like, yes, absolutely. It's, it is, I want you to be well. And if I'm not the right person for you, then like, let me help you find one. I did not take him up on that because that felt, <laughs> I was like, no, this is too awkward. I can't do this. And I like found one on my own. <laughs> but uh, that's funny. But I, I would be like, yes, desperately. <laughs> because finding a therapist can be overwhelming. For sure. For sure. Uh, but you know me, I'm a go it alone type of person. So I was like, <laughs> I will do this. Uh, it is my burden to carry. Yeah. 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 Funny. Um, yeah. So I, my hope is, is that she would respond really well to that because I think, yeah. again, like therapists are trained to take this rejection. And it's also not your yeah. job to make them feel better about it. Right. Cause you're not friends. Yeah. Right. Like I, yeah. if they're feeling the type of way about this breakup, I hope that they talk to their therapist or they talk to their loved yeah. ones about how it's feeling. But like, my hope is that they wouldn't reflect that back on you. And, and I think most good therapists wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel called to say a couple things um, that I honestly didn't plan on saying, but love that. 
just to put it out there in the universe too, that like, just because they are, you know, trained professionals doesn't make therapists perfect people. Sure. Um, it doesn't make them like smarter or more evolved than you. So I, I say that just because like, I'm sure there are people out there that have had terrible experiences with therapists or had therapists take things really personally or whatever. I don't think that's the majority, honestly, because I think our anxiety often like conflates things, especially when it comes to disappointing other people or conflict. But just wanted to make a general statement, too, that these therapists are people um, and that comes with a lot of messy people-ness too sometimes mm. at times mm. um and i say that not to be like oh my god she's gonna react poorly but to remind you that other people's feelings or reactions are not your responsibility especially in a professional um setting like this in which um you have this sense of intimacy built up because you've shared a lot um, because it's a vulnerable space but it's not sure. a intimate relationship in the same way that an interpersonal exchange is, you know, or, or right. a relationship with a friend or a lover or, or a close family member. Um, and um, for me, that's important. You know, my, my ongoing like mantra to myself is that it's okay to disappoint other people or mm -hmm. other people's feelings are not my responsibility or, you know, or even like, I am not that important to that person. <laughs> you know, right. my dentist doesn't care if I floss every week this or every day this week. Um, she's busy with her own life. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, even even beyond this one interpersonal relationship, like Sam is totally right. I think you can just send a quick email and thank them and, and give them as much vulnerability in that email as you want. But you also could keep it really quick and sterile and professional and say, this was great. I'm ready for something else. I hope you have a great month or week or year or life, life. you know, <laughs> <laughs> have a great life. Uh, um, Hags. That you don't have to, that, what I would say to myself in this situation is um, I... I'm allowed to have agency in my life. I'm allowed to have preferences. I'm allowed to choose something else. I'm allowed to choose other people. Um, and I don't have to be wholly uh, available for everyone. Uh, and like my vulnerability isn't my best currency. I often like overshare and <laughs> on this podcast, uh, you know, I often overshare and over emotionally invest myself in things. And this can be a difficult decision, but it doesn't have to be one in which you punish yourself or conflate your decision with disappointing this person. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Because again, the, the relationship that you two have is professional, right? And of course they are a human being with human feelings, but they also, like Sierra said, are maybe not spending that much time thinking about you and whether or not you're happy in the therapeutic relationship with them, right? Like you maybe not be mm -hmm. the center of their universe in the same way mm -hmm. that it would be for like a friend or a loved one or a close family member. Right. And that's okay. Right. right. It actually makes it easier to do this, this breakup thing that we need to do. And yeah, I, absolutely. I, I also feel like this sentiment that you have around like, Oh, and now I have to start over. It's like, 
yeah, <laughs> like, and that sucks for sure. It is not a fun thing to have to start a new relationship with a therapist because you have to talk about all the different things and it always takes time for them to get to know you and understand your habits and the way that you talk about things and all of that good stuff. Um, and right, you're doing this with a, a goal in mind, right? You want to find a therapist that's going to be better able to support you in all of your different identities. And so it's, it is uncomfortable, right? But it's uncomfort or discomfort with a purpose because you're, you're Mm. trying to move towards something else. So not going to like tell you that it's going to be like all sunshine and rainbows to like find a new therapist and, and start that relationship. Um, and I'll also say that like, yeah, and, and you're doing this on purpose because you want to, and you need to. And Mm, I like that. And, and that's okay, right? We all have to do things in our lives that are uncomfortable or that take work or that we don't necessarily want to do, but we do them because it, it helps us get to a place where we want to be. And, and I have faith that you'll, you'll find a therapist that's going to be able to see you and, and offer you the support that you need that your current one isn't. I like that. All right. Thank you so much for writing, um, therapy enthusiasts, and we hope this helps you and many others. Let's get into today's letter. Let's do it. This letter comes from Lonely Expat, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from Not So Nice. Nice. (laughs) Not so nice. There we go. (laughs) Which I assume is Nice because she's writing from the French Riviera. (laughs) Like the city in France, Nice. I, yep, yep, yep. Keep that all in, Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it... (laughs) The nice is capitalized. Yes, I no, no, I see. Yep. <laughs> okay. You're really giving me nothing, Sierra. We are not doing this improv class very well. You're supposed to say yes <laughs> and to me, babe. All right. Thank you both for shining your light so bright in a world that is heavy and lonely sometimes. I've been an avid listener for around three years now, and your humble musings have helped me so much in navigating the world around me. I don't really know where to begin here because there are a lot of elements to this story, so I'll briefly give some context. I met my partner, he, him, when I was on vacation with a friend in the south of France, and after two weeks of knowing him, I decided to get a visa and stay to see where the relationship went. I worked as an au pair for a while, and when that was finished, we moved in together. Everything was so wonderful, and we had a powerful connection. We communicated and worked through issues in a mature way, and I didn't know that any relationship could be so easy and fun and fulfilling. We decided to get married after a year of dating because we wanted to build a life together, but mostly we wouldn't have to worry about visa issues anymore. We submitted our documents in February last year and set a date for July. He was consulting with a doctor to have a LASIK eye operation in March, and I had a bad feeling about it from the beginning because I had heard horror stories about the procedure going awry. I expressed this to him, but he went ahead with it anyway. Sure enough, they messed up, and he basically sees how you would see in a 3D movie if you took your glasses off out of one Mm. eye. From the day of the operation, he fell into a dark depression for months. He quit his job. He wasn't speaking to me, and he would lay in bed all day. I had started a new job and was trying to plan our wedding and be there to support him in all of his follow-up appointments, and it all felt incredibly overwhelming. I can't imagine what he's been going through. And for once, I didn't want to be right about that gut feeling I had. I even asked him if we should postpone the wedding because I wanted both of us to be present and happy for the ceremony. 
He said that that wasn't necessary because he loved me and didn't have any doubts about wanting to spend his life with me. So we carried on and got married in July and he showed up as his old self and it was the most incredible time. Almost immediately after our guests left, he spiraled again. It's been almost a year since his operation, and though I've seen glimpses of the man I fell in love with for short stints, I feel like we're roommates that don't really like each other any more than husband and wife. He has become nocturnal, he barely speaks to me or touches me, and all he does is watch TV and play games on his phone. Not to mention, I work remotely and we have a small apartment, so we are in the same space and stagnant energy all day, every day. Mm. Co-working spaces, like everything else in the French Riviera, are really expensive. I am so grateful that he doesn't feel the need to wear a mask around me, but it's to the point where I don't feel loved or even wanted in my own relationship or home. I have felt so lonely this past year as I didn't have many friends in France I could count on to talk to and my family and most of my close friends live in the States. I don't feel like I'm someone that needs constant attention. In fact, I think alone time is healthy in relationships, but I have told him many times I need basic communication and he just doesn't do it. He has gone to therapy because I told him he needed to. So that was a step in the right direction, but I don't know that it's helping that much. I know that a year isn't a long time to date before getting married. And, but I feel like he showed me this fake version of himself at the beginning, or I was tricked or something. I've sacrificed a lot to be with him, including learning another language to communicate with his family and friends and living in a country. I don't necessarily want to with a remote job. I hate just so I can be here with him. And I'm just treated like I don't exist and it's hurtful. And I'm so fucking fed up. I love him and I don't want to see him hurting, but I'm also hurt. We even went back to my hometown to visit and all he wanted to do was lay in bed and barely spoke to me then too. When I spend weeks with his family and friends, when we visit Italy, I've been depressed before. So I know how isolating and horrible it can be, but I'm a human too. And I have needs and goals. And I feel like such a terrible person when I feel like I can't deal with his depression anymore. How long do I have to sit around and wait for my loving partner to come back, if he ever will? I know it sounds horrible, but I signed up to be with an ambitious, caring, communicative partner. And honestly, he kind of gaslights me sometimes when I tell him about how I'm feeling. He will tell me one thing and actually have us planning a bit for the future. And then when I try to check in about it, he tells me that checking in is useless and that I make up movies in my head out of nothing, which isn't entirely wrong. The constant inner dialogue could chill out sometimes. I am a person who processes things by talking about them. And when he just shuts down, I take it as a personal attack. He even told me that he thinks that I'm self-absorbed because I think that I've done something wrong when his depression isn't about me. But when he doesn't speak to me, how am I supposed to know what is going on? It's so frustrating and confusing. And I just want my person back. I feel so sad and anxious all the time. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to deal with. I'm trying to be supportive, but it's impossible with someone who ignores me and is honestly a huge asshole most of the time. I look at other happy couples holding hands or hugging and feel despair. I know this can't mm. last forever, but I don't know how, what I'm supposed to do. Just put my life on hold and wait for him to feel better. Is he right that I'm self-absorbed to not want to do that? We're fucking married now. And I know relationships aren't easy, but this is so heavy. And I can see that I'm a shell of my usual bubbly and positive self most of the time. Mm. I hope I've explained myself well enough, but any advice you have is so appreciated. So much love to you both. Oh, my darling, thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this letter. What a terrible, terrible, heavy pickle you're in. Um, I can feel your frustration and your loneliness and um, your grief, really. You know, I think that there's a lot of anxiety and grief wrapped up in this situation. And um, I know how 
Yeah, like really scary it can feel to feel stuck in a bad place, you know, stuck mm-hmm. in a small apartment, stuck in a marriage, stuck in a cycle of of behavior. Um, yeah, this must, I, I just imagine that your heart is really heavy right now. Um, and I really appreciate you writing us and trusting us with this letter. Um, mm-hmm. I think it can be really difficult to navigate uh, a relationship when one person is suffering and and has ultimately changed because of that suffering and it's impact, impacted the relationship because it's hard to determine where our needs and um, our boundaries are amongst all of their suffering. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we are going to dive into that um, and more right after this break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, Lonely expat. Just want to reiterate everything that Sierra said about how challenging this is. Um, You know, Sierra and I uh, have been in relationships where like really bad things have happened. um, And I know what it feels like to be the one who has had the horrible thing happen. And I also know what it's like to sit in relationship with someone who has had a horrible thing happening to them. And I will say that in my experience, it's harder to be the partner who is with someone who's had a bad thing happen to them. So Mm. I deeply feel this um, because it does, it feels, it feels so isolating to be like, uh, I don't know what's going on in your head and heart. And I will never, because it's not happening to me. And I know that it's hard for you to communicate about it and to feel the loss that comes with, I was married to dating this person who was acting this particular way, who I fell in love with because of these particular things. And now that person has changed into a different person who doesn't do those things yeah. that I love, who doesn't want to do to go on those fun dates or to laugh about that particular movie or whatever it is. And is instead just sort of like hold up and, and sad. Um, and yeah. it's, and it's hard because it's like, yeah, I I really absolutely want to support you and love you through this. And also you feel like a stranger to me right now, right? Like, I feel like I don't actually know who you are because, because you aren't, you can't communicate with me what's going on in you. And you're, you're behaving so differently than the person that I knew you to be, you know, two months ago, right? Like that feeling of just being like, what? It's so, so isolating and it is so unnerving to be in a situation like that. So I deeply feel for you. And I know our circumstances aren't exactly the same, but, um, I just want to say that like everything that you're describing feels familiar to me. And I have, I have so much empathy for what you're going through and for what your, your spouse is going through too. Yeah. And to, to Sam's point, um, there was a really powerful couple moments in one of our head and heart work interviews that we did with, um, Matthew Cuban Hernandez and Alicia Wise Hernandez, who are a married couple, friends of mine, um, who experienced like a big major loss in their relationship. And that whole interview was a lot about navigating grief in partnerships, um, navigating big, hard changes um, and how to support your partner when they're grieving. And I remember being so uh, really moved when you said that, that similar statement that it was actually more emotionally confusing and like harder to navigate supporting Peter when his mother passed away than when you lost your own father, because the rules were simpler when you, when you were grieving your parent, because you knew what your job was as a parent, but as the supporting partner, 
it was more nebulous. It was more unknown. Um, so I do recommend that our letter writer re- listen to that interview because it was really great. And and the, the guests that we had echoed similar sentiments about supporting their partner. I also want to say before we continue, you know, everything we're saying today is said alongside or under the shroud of deep grief for your husband too. Like what a fucking unjust and disappointing thing that life throws at us. Um, It must be really unregulating. (laughs) You know, it must be unstable to have such a big drastic change happen in your life. One um, that, that seems unfair, right? Um, Like all tragedy or all misfortune, you know, it can, we can really lose ourselves in how unfair um, it is and feels. Um, And so I have a lot of empathy for your husband right now. And that empathy goes in tandem uh, with my empathy for you, because these things are happening at the same time. These two experiences as different as they are, are happening at the same time. And both of them are very real. And that's going to be honestly the crux of my advice today is that all of these things are real at the same time, even if they feel conflicting. It can be hard to validate someone's feelings and experience when they have gone through a hardship and make space for your own needs. Um, But they can happen in tandem as much as it feels like we need to swallow one or the other. um, They can happen in tandem. I don't know if. I don't know what that dynamic will look like in your relationship, but I do know that how it is right now, and you know this as well, but how it's going right now is unsustainable. You cannot sustain in a relationship feeling unloved, unacknowledged, untouched. You know, you, you this is not going to last. And I guess if I could boil this advice down into one statement, it's this, this, This has to be a Hail Mary or a come to Jesus or a less religiously soaked phrase (laughs) about, you know, you, it, things, the smallest things need to change, you know, what it, it, whether your husband starts communicating with you more or you leave him, you know, on the, on the mm. scale of things that could happen, something has to give because mm-hmm. it can't go on like this forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you are, I appreciate that you are sort of naming some of the things that you would like to be different. Um, and I, and I totally recognize that it's probably really hard for your husband to do those things in this moment because of what he has been going through. And part of it, part of getting through this like grieving process where it's like really hard to be the the spouse in this is that the reason why, at least for me, I was able to sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel is because Peter was hearing and reflecting some of the things that I was asking for him, right? Where I was like, you can't just say that you're tired. You have to give me another adjective, <laughs> right? Like, cause you, cause it can't be that you're just tired all the time. Like that, like I need something different and like watching him do that, or at least like watching him say to me, like, I can't, I can't speak. I can't talk about it right now. And I just need to go lie down. Right. Like it was still hard, but I, I had a better understanding of like what needed to happen. And 
I also had to do a lot of work in that to remind myself that it was not my job to fix him. It was not my job to make him feel better or to make this pain go away. And I think that that was actually the hardest work that I had to do in Mm -hmm. navigating through the grief was like recognizing how hard and challenging it was to watch my partner be in this deep bout of depression and recognize that like, I can't fix it for him because me wanting to fix it for him was actually making things worse for both of us because he didn't Mm -hmm. want me to fix it and I couldn't fix it. So instead I was just making myself anxious and was like not helping him in any way sort of move Mm -hmm. through this. So that's what I talked to my therapist about for months (laughs) was just like, how do I live in a space where this person is so sad And every alarm bell in my head is going off saying, fix this person, make it better, Mm -hmm. make it okay. And I can't, and it's not actually my job to do it. So I hear you. And I also hear, I don't think that your, your husband said this in the right way. I don't think this makes you self-absorbed. I think that there's probably something in your past that taught you it was your job to make sure everyone around you was okay. Right. But I do think that there is some work that you can do in this to also remind yourself, right? Like this isn't going to change anytime soon. And the way that I'm holding it isn't helpful for me. So I need to find a different way to hold it. I need to, to release myself from something in this that I'm holding myself accountable to. That is not actually my job and not actually my problem. Right. Yeah. And that is so hard in a partnership because for sure. You feel like you have to keep the boat afloat by yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you, if it feels like, so you're like holding up the boat, you're treading water or, or you're frantically, you know, shoveling, that's the wrong word, (laughs) using a bucket (laughs) to empty the water out of this like sinking ship. And you're like, man, if I stop doing my part, if I stop shoveling the water (laughs) for him, we're going to sink. You know, if I don't, if I don't make this, if I don't do his work for him, we're going to sink. Like, how do I, how do you, how do you drop the shovel slash bucket, um, and, and float by yourself, you know, take care of what's keeping you afloat. Mm -hmm. It's that's terrifying. Oh, that's terrifying. And Sam's absolutely right. That's what has to happen at least internally in your heart, right? You have to say, um, his wellness is not my responsibility, but I am responsible for the boundaries that I put up in this relationship. This is not sustainable. This can't go on. Your relationship is going to drown, drown, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if there's not more teamwork going on here. Um, And I am afraid, I want to also say like, in those really deeply vulnerable moments when life has been incredibly unjust to you, and you're suffering and someone else isn't suffering the same way you are, or the bad thing happened to you and everybody's suffering, but it happened to you. You know, Mm -hmm, I feel like mm -hmm. our egos can get in the way. Our egos can get in the way of healing, um, particularly when it comes to partnerships, because we have like this nasty habit of, of taking out our grief on our partners. And, And I have a, I have a little feeling that's a little of this may be happening with your husband where he feels so depressed or, you know, frustrated with this shitty thing that happened to him. And you are his safe space to 
lash, lash out, you know? And I, I hope I'm saying this right because I totally understand why humans do that and why the ego mm-hmm. does that and why our pain does that. I do that. I, I know that I can be the hardest on my wife because she is my safe place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my daughter's going to do it to me because I'm her safe place. Um, and also that is that prevents us from feeling that um, necessary discomfort that Sam was talking about in the check-in topic Mm -hmm. that is required for us to be truly honest and truly access that, uh, the, the reality of the situation, which is taking it out on you and your marriage isn't helping anyone. It's not making that, it's not making that life event more just it's not taking away that shitty thing that happened it's just making things what it is is his ego saying i'm hurting i'm hurting this is unfair this shouldn't be happening for sure (laughs) but it is for sure absolutely yeah and i think i appreciate that he's going to therapy and i and i also appreciate that you're getting sort of small glimpses of this person that you have been uh that you fell in love with right and i and i will say that like coming out of Peter's grief and Peter's still grieving, right? To be clear, even years after this has been since his mom passed, the glimpses started to happen. And then I got more and more of them. Right. And then, and now it's like 90% of the time, right? right? We are, we are back in the place where we were when we decided to get married before my dad died, before his mom died, before right. all of right. the, before the pandemic. Right. And of course we're still both carrying all of this stuff. You're different with people. Us. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, those glimpses began to get sort of brighter, more long lasting, mm. especially as he was doing the work, right? As he was going to therapy, as he was trying to talk to me more, as I was also doing the work of letting go of the fact that it's not my job to make him feel better and letting, and also being really clear about like, these are the things that I need in this grief that we are both experiencing in this moment, right? I don't need you to not feel bad. And I don't need you to always like love me in the way that I need to. And I need to get out of the house today because like, woof, this is, this is a lot. Or I need you to say something yeah. different than to me, to me than just I'm tired. Right. And like, and sort of seeing some of that work happening too. But I do think that it is, it takes time. It just takes yeah. a lot of time. And I, I appreciate that your husband is putting in some of the work. And if it gets to a point where you're not seeing that, right, it's still not sustainable. So I, you are entitled to decide that this isn't working anymore, right? Like that this is not a place for you to be where you can love in the way that you need to be loved and love in the way that you want to love him. And that's, that is okay. But I think it's hard to wait, right? It is hard to be patient in this moment when you're seeing this person in so much pain and who is like inflicting this pain on you because of the hurt that he's experiencing. But the only thing that worked in our relationship was for us to both agree that something needed to change and then for us to be patient with each other and to wait until it got easier for us to be able to do the things we were trying to do. Yeah. So that conversation needs to happen. And I'm sure it's probably happened in some iteration um, before, but it, it has to be 
it has to be had again and again until it feels heard and not heard in the sense that he's going to magically be a different partner or, you know, magically be healed from all of this, but Mm -hmm. heard in such a way that you two feel like you are on the same team with the same goal um, and putting in the same amount of effort. Um, It's hard because again, like I said, I think our egos get in the way a lot when we are hurting, when we're tired, when we feel like we just want to like, be in our little shitty mood. (laughs) And also you can say, you know, again, go back to the idea that two things, two different things can be true at the same time. This is a really hard year. This is a terrible thing that happened to you. And our relationship isn't going to last if we don't change how we approach it. You can, you know, you are struggling with depression and I'm struggling with isolation. Those two Mm. things are happening at the same time. So how can we as a team approach both of those things with compassion and care and awareness of the other? For sure. For sure. I know this is a tricky conversation, uh, you know, that you're going to have to have again and again and again till the end of time. (laughs) But we hope that this gives you um, some language and some perspective. And most importantly, we just hope you feel heard and held in this very tricky time um, of your marriage. We love you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content from us, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as access to all of our primary episodes without ads. That is patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to follow, like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend, Spencer Worth Davis, who has a handful of podcasts out there in the world. I know his original podcast, What If, has been doing some episodes lately, so make sure to go check them out. And remember, two different things can be true at the same time. This week, when you're feeling tension, when you're feeling anxiety, When you're feeling uncertain about something, remind yourself of the multiple truths that are going on at the same time and try to validate each of those in that moment. And if all else fails, just break up.